This is the Yoga Off the Mat podcast, a space you can learn how to deepen your connection with yourself, to live a fulfilled, passionate, and authentic life using the lessons from the mat. I'm your guide, host, and teacher, Amber Hagberg, and I'm here to inspire you to take time for yourself so that you can embody the practice of yoga and live your yoga on and off the mat. listening to Yoga Off the Mat podcast with Amber Hagberg, episode number 36. And today's special guest is Jamie Ratterman. I'll let her introduce herself as we dive in together, but I just wanted to remind you, if you're not already connected with me, follow along on my motherhood journey on Instagram at Amber Hagberg. If you have any requests, any questions that are lingering, please reach out, stay connected with me there. And I hope that you enjoy this interview series while I take time to dive into this new portal, into this new journey of life leadership. And I can't wait to share it with you. Enjoy the upcoming episode and interview. I look forward to hearing from you on the ground. super exciting. Today on the podcast, we have Jamie Ratterman, and her and I met three months back at a Living Brave Entrepreneurial Retreat on the side of a mountain surrounded by volcanoes, and I'm going to let her introduce herself, and then we'll dive in. You already are making me want to go back. I want to go back to the volcanoes (laughs) and waking up to them. Hi, yes. Uh, like she said, I am Jamie Ratterman. I am a holistic business coach who specializes in brand and social media marketing. My ultimate goal is to help female entrepreneurs really master their marketing, making it their own, realizing that they're amazing leaders. And am I allowed to curse on this podcast? <laughs> Say fuck it to the hustle because it really doesn't take that much. It's about it's really about owning who you are and being able to promote that within your within your business. So that is what I like to do. Yeah, and I love having you here as well because I went to one of Jamie's sprints. She does sprints for entrepreneurs to dedicate two hours of time to creating content. And one thing that she did is every, what is it, every 20 minutes or every 30 minutes? It depends on like the beginning, but yeah, it's usually about, I'll do a 35 to 40 minute sprint with a five minute break. Yeah, so we we go at it, we work hard, we create, and then we do breaks. And it was amazing to me because we did like, squats one time we did breath work one time meditation one time so she was really able to incorporate the yoga lifestyle the pause especially in the world of 2022 it's very masculine driven we're go 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 and jamie brings the space that like yes you have to take action you have to do it but also at the same time like let's calm the mind and get back into our bodies and for you jamie i know that you're a holistic health coach like what does that mean to you for me, it's really that this idea that, uh, well, first I've done, I've done mar- uh, marketing for 10 plus years, but in the last three years, I got a certified in, as a health coach. And it was funny at the beginning of that process, a lot of people were like, how are you going to combine health and business? And I'm like, what? <laughs> it was, it was all of the time. Cause I think what's really 
what's really interesting about it is like, yeah, like we want to go, we want to be activated by our business. But if we're not taking care of our mind and our body, we're not going to get as good of results. So for me, for me, the health side of things comes in two points. You're going to get, you're going to be able to have more creativity, better problem solving skills. And then you're going to, in general, feel energetic more often by doing that. So my, like in my day to day, that's like important. But for me, I've just gone through many phases in my life of when I ignored health and I decided to be really like activated and doing a lot of work. I've also seen it play out with like so many of my, within my family and my friends. So it's kind of important to me. Um, I feel like I'm just like diving right on end, but like in particular, my own dad had died about three, it'll be three years ago this month. And part of his legacy for me, the lesson I learned from it is that he wasn't able to enjoy retirement because he was just working and working and working. So knowing that we, most of us are going to work like 30 plus hours a week. I, uh, I'm going to make sure that health is incorporated that and I'm enjoying it. So I want to have a longer life, but also too like this, this idea of, of stress being a normal part of our work week should not, should not be the norm. It should be different. Yeah, exactly. And I think that you brought up some really good points of like hitting burnout and, and learning from other people, like, and seeing what happens when we just go, go, go. And we lose the inspiration. We lose the light. We lose the joy of why we were doing what we're doing. And it's just like one line ahead. Totally. Absolutely. I think this is the biggest like fallacy around hustle. Like the, like, yeah, like if you're really, if you really want to be consistent, do those things like, yeah, you want to work, but this, but when you're burnout, you don't create the best and like in, and you're not going to want to get up the next day and you're going to decide, I don't want to do this anymore because your body's been like screaming for you to take a rest or like, like that your eyes are like, like giving you headaches from how much work you're doing. Your friends are asking you to come hang out and you somehow think that if I work for this many more hours, if I push myself, it's going to fix it, which it won't. It just, in the, in the long term, it just is, you're going to just hate your business, but also just like feel like, okay, all I do is work now. Why do I, why, what, like, I don't enjoy, I don't enjoy my life. Why am I doing this? So. Yeah, exactly. And I think you brought up a good point that even entrepreneurs or something that I've been trying to really put into the mind of like yoga teachers and other like spiritual entrepreneurs as well. And I know that you work with a handful of them is like, you can still reach burnout, even though you're doing what you love. Totally. Why do you totally. Think- Sorry, say that again. Uh, why do you think that is? I think it's just that what we've been sold a little bit. I think there's, I think there's a couple of things like that. Uh, most of us wanted to be A plus students when we were kids. So like, it was almost like being a multitasker, being somebody who's like, Oh, like feeling like the adrenaline pump to like do your best in school. Like that was a part of it. I, I in a lot of ways, I help a lot of my clients work through their type A mentality uh, going like you, like you can still be A plus without feeling like you have that, that adrenaline push, but also too. They're, they're, the hustle culture is real and it's a masculine culture like it, it is what it is like, like they we're based on accomplishments how much we get done in a day like that type of drive is what is what people show us but if we really look at like the long term I was literally just talking about this today we are not meant to multitask not, like uh, even like I think there's like a, a statement out there like women are better at multitasking we are not our brain is not able to do two or more complex tasks 
well and and being able to know that um it, it's just it's just a bit of this society telling us that the only way to be successful is to work our lo- work long and hard and part of that too is that just because you love what you do does not mean that resting taking uh, spending time away from your computer isn't going to be impactful to your success like for for instance i've definitely had clients who like to do all-nighters <laughs> which was which is always <laughs> a fun one to move through it's like i love what i do but i like like working through the evening and i and i'm like so how how's content creation been feeling like for you and she's like i have no ideas and i'm like yeah because yeah. like you like your brain just has not been able to work through like what happened for you in the day because you just keep working and then even and then oh another one i love is when someone says, I get my best ideas in the shower or when I go to bed. And I'll, and I'll be like, that means that's the first time you're letting your brain relax. Because like your left side of your brain is, somebody, is, is where you're thinking about your lists and all the things. Like it's the one that keeps you safe. Your right side of your brain is where you're getting your creativity, all the things that you can do. And when you're turning off the left, your right brain is like, finally, it's time for me to relax. So knowing that you can be passionate, but if you actually want to perform your best if you include like rest and having fun all of those things are going to allow you to be better than the person who's doing the late nights all the time Mm, yeah and you brought up a good point if if you're listening now and you've been following the podcast for a while you listened to my my podcast last year stop multitasking we were not meant to multitask and you know as a yoga teacher and one that's really trying to help women be more present which I see you doing as well through you know your coaching and, and business world is like do one thing at a time and we get more done it's this illusion that if we do multiple things at once, we're going to get more done, but actually we can't be present in those things that we're doing. So I hear you saying like to recharge the brain, to let, let the mind have space to like tap into the creativity and to the feminine. Totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. Your brain is an organ, but it's also a muscle. Like it's a, it's a muscle that if I I like the idea of like, like, uh, I feel like I'm trying to think of a yoga, yoga teacher related, but let's say I'm holding like a 50 pound weight. I'm going to want to like, I can't hold it for an hour. If you're trying to push your brain to focus for a whole hour, it needs a break, which is exactly when you mentioned in the sprints, I encourage people to walk away, even if they're feeling like they're in the zone, because your, your mind will thank you later very much. Yeah. And, and when you reminded me, I'll, I'll admit, like there was times where I'm like, but I'm just going so hard. I don't want to take a break. And it's like, but that break helps so much. And you think, you know, let me just get it done. I want to push to the end. But like when you come back there, there's no doubt about it. You're going to have so much more creativity and energy and inspiration. Totally. And I, I always like to kind of flip that on its head. Like, are you truly in the zone if two minutes away grabbing water is going to prevent you from coming back? Like, are you really in the zone if walking away for just a moment is going to, to hurt you? It won't. You usually come back with a new perspective on it because you're giving your you're giving that like reprieve for a while. Totally. Um, why don't you share a little bit about like what the sprints are and why the breaks are so essential since we're on this topic now? Yeah, so contemplating sprints are my uh, kind of weekly workshop. I do three Wednesdays every month uh, where I help entrepreneurs build out 30 days of content in two and a half hours. So what they look like is there are many things. Like you get to network, you get to, I, I don't definitely teach how to do those things, but the core of it is a supported co-working session with me as your strategist. So within that, 
I like to encourage during the sprints themselves, turning off distraction completely, which means, you know, if you live in a if, live with a roommate or your partner going like, hey, for the next few hours, don't talk to me. I'm trying to I want to get through what I want to get through um, within that, too. It's like I have a lot of tab cleans, so like 70 tabs open at a time going how what would it feel like to close that window completely? So knowing that during the sprints, I heavily encourage getting rid of attention residue, like knowing that we are only focusing on your content right now because you're going to be more likely to get into a flow state when you do that. And then within that, if you ever, if you allow distractions to come in all the time, it takes more about seven minutes to get back on task. So the sprint itself or like when you're doing the work is, is where I ask you to like really allow no distractions to prevent you from doing what you need. But also too, if you do get stuck, I'm there in the chat or in a breakout room to be able to help you think about how to how to position your content. But within that, I use the Pomodoro effect or effect technique. That's what I meant. (laughs) Pomodoro technique to take breaks. And really what the breaks are, are me telling you not only that, okay, we've worked for 35 to 40 minutes. Let's walk away from your screen, grab what you need so that you're not just sitting at your computer for two and a half hours. But when you come back, I, I work through ways of of either calming or activating your nervous system. So the first break is usually breath work or meditation where we're, we're activating the parasympathetic nervous system where you find your calm. And like, I've, been, I've been playing with it a lot lately. Like in general, doing certain breath work will allow you to get tunnel vision and more calm, just like if you were running away from a bear. But in this case, it's usually content creation can cause some stress and what that can feel like. Where the second break is normally about acting it so you're coming toward the end of the sprint how can you um how can you get your energy back up how can you get the circulation moving so you can finish it out strong together so i like to use those breaks to one encourage simply taking a break because people don't people don't love doing that but two uh, being able to encourage what i call brain boosting activities Mm, i love that and it keeps the, the the brain like alive through the different, like going from nervous systems, the different nervous systems, parasympathetic and sympathetic. We talk a lot about in, in the yoga world as well. And, and it goes for any entrepreneur that, that's listening to this is we need both of them. And so, you know, in your sprint, you're activating both of them intentionally. Definitely. Absolutely. I love that. I would like, I think that's, I've learned a lot of this stuff through going to yoga, going like, oh, why do I feel so like, energized and radiant after a really calming yoga class is because I'm like turning off the chatter in my mind from the way in which the yoga teacher will lead me through which I I, I love that I get to help people do that within their business too mm-hmm. and I could see really the um I could see the benefit of yoga teachers coming to your your sprints as well to be able to plan their online content so they can show up online, but also it's going to inspire them when they're creating their sequencing and they're theming their classes because they get to weave together. Something that I've been really working with yoga teachers right now is to find what their mission is and their values and then like theme their classes and sequence their classes around those pillars. So coming to one of your sprints could really benefit them to break down like their content and words and then be able to put it into their physical body while moving on their mats. Totally. I would love to have more yoga teacher. I think, I think that would be fantastic. I've, I have had yoga teachers and, and meditation coaches, and I have a couple of personal trainers in there and they, uh, 
the second break is normally like a little mini exercise type of thing to get that like blood pumping and I've had a lot of them going oh I have some suggestions for you for the next one so it's a it's an absolute community feel and I would I would there's definitely a lot of health and wellness um coaches and trainers that come through so I would love to have more yoga teachers come through mm -hmm. I have a, another question just to to dive into this and <clears throat> right now I'm in the process of uh, launching a new one-on-one -on -one program called the Aligned and Wealthy Woman to align our actions and values with money with wealth and what wealth means. And so at you as a business coach, I'm curious, like what tips do you have on improving money mindset? Definitely. So money mindset, I feel it, there's so many different aspects of it, but one, there's a programming that we don't realize that we have within us. So money mindset comes in so many ways of like, if you had if, if your mom or your dad like loved being frugal when they were like when you were a kid going oh you don't need that right now like you're going to find that like you don't think you're allowed to have these things you're going to like and even too there's a there's this uh mentality too like women should be humble and like like we've we've been like there's a lot of these stories that have nothing to do with ourselves in a lot of ways like we've just been we've just been around that atmosphere for a while so when people talk about money mindset it's not something that you can just like flip a switch and it, like it's more about uncovering a lot of those money stories that we may not realize are kind of you know puppeteering the way we think about it but also too like what would the world be like if we all were heart-centered millionaires <laughs> like how <laughs> how amazing would that be like not not only are we more charitable but also knowing that we're making money off of helping others be their better better selves like that I think that's a big thing for me too. So I've I've had a I've had a yoga client before who was uh she even had this wording on her on her one of her packages saying for uh for the price of a cheap glass of wine, you get to like be realigned like your mind, body, and soul, or like something along those lines. But I was like, You're not a cheap glass of wine. <laughs> like you are like like knowing that we are like the the type of help and like embodiment that trainers and yoga teachers get to do like it it can change someone's life not just physically but like mentally for themselves so I think I think there's one in the fitness industry you can charge your worth you can if you, if you know what what uh the ultimate outcome of somebody working with you looks like charge that worth because that's going to allow them to see more respect in you but also you you're going to notice that like your confidence as yourself as a leader coming through but ultimately, I think that when it uh, with with money mindset, like you know, it's it's a it's a bit of a like a stepping stone. You're gonna find that like some some prices you put out there feel like really stretchy for you, but it's something that somebody else has been doing for a while. But know that you get to be on that trajectory at your own pace. Yeah, and you brought in so many good points, and just one thing that I reflected on is our coach Shoshana Raven. She just did a visionary masterclass and said like. Well, 13.5% of women in the United States are multimillionaires. The rest are men. Why is that? You know, and it's this programming around like who's to make more. Even women are making less money doing the same job as a man. And so it's like when we start to look at these different mindsets that we've been given, 
do we want to continue to believe that? And as, you know, a business coach and yoga teacher helping, you know, yoga teachers be more profitable in their businesses as, as well as for you as a like straight up business coach, helping people, both of us, you and I, I think I can speak for you in this is we have money mindset blocks that still rise in how many years of business have you been in? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, and it's so funny how the, even, even there, there's that concept like new or uh, new levels, new devils. It's not really true. It's it's new levels, same devils with a different mask. <laughs> like, like like we like there will be stories that continue to like hit us even even when we meet new levels of success. And it's it's a part of one knowing and aware that it's there. But even two going like okay, I know you're there, but I'm not gonna I'm gonna use fear as a compass here and continue and continue to move in that direction. So yeah, the, I, I I love I love that Shoshana shared that, but I, and I think it's just we don't realize these programming stories that we've had ingrained in us, even if we don't want to admit it, prevent us from thinking like, oh, well, if I make money, I'm greedy. Uh-huh. Who said that? Can we find who credited that? Because I can show you many many women who like give 20% of their revenue over over to over to charities like what was I and helping people or giving scholarships like that we get to redefine what it looks like to make money yeah and I think especially for you like helping entrepreneurs to create successful businesses and make more money like can you imagine the impact that you get to have on your clients and the people that work with you when they're making more money and if more spiritual entrepreneurs and and business coaches and women like us were helping people to become more successful where would our money go you know like how much how much impact could we really have on the planet if more money was in the hands of, of women like ours Totally, totally. And it's and it's pouring from an overflowing cup versus like being this starving artist and just just being, okay, I, I do what I love and I'm helping people and that's enough versus I'm paid for my worth and doing what I love so I can continue to like give opportunities at a lower cost because I'm able to handle like things that make me thrive and survive as well as being able to like, okay, now that I've established a strong foundation for myself how can I continue to let people plug in at whatever level they're at or of course like using it that using it in a way that um can be charitable and that type of thing mm-hmm. and, and why do you think you know for women men as well but I think we both work with uh, women mostly is it's such an emotional journey to invest even now I have like okay, I'm going to invest. And every time it's a bigger investment and it's that next level and there's still all the emotions that come up. Like, what do you think the charge behind an emotional investment is even when you've invested before and you know the RII, there, there isn't like a, when we invest in ourselves, it's, it's different than when we invest in the stock market or cryptocurrency because in cryptocurrency, stock market, it's a numbers game. Whereas when we invest in ourselves, there is no number that you can put on ROA. Like I'm still getting return on investment from my yoga teacher training I took 10 years ago. But like, why do you think even now to this day, it's so emotionally charged? I think there's like, there's, there's two ways of looking at it. Like one in general, investing in yourself is an emotional experience. Like I, I like their dollar, the dollars and cents of it all are, are there, but like you are betting on yourself. You are you are putting usually a good sum of money and betting on 
the future you want and it scares you part of that is you're like part of investing yourself is shedding maybe a previous version of yourself but also I've been I've been listening to this quote or seeing this quote a lot lately for myself uh, of being like realizing that you're powerful beyond measure like mm-hmm. like like that feeling of like okay if I do this then that means I'm doubling down on the fact that I know I'm this powerful I gotta go for it so there's there's that aspect of just internally that struggle but I also think that there's a side of and I, I really hope that we can we can shed this in some ways is that being a woman means you need to be a martyr for others betterment like we should sacrifice our own happiness in some ways so that others are able to or others are able to do that so like knowing that if we invest money in things that might be able to go to a savings account or might be able to go to like our friends or our kids or what that might look like we we feel like we're being selfish when in when in reality like it's different but I think that like for me whenever I become a mother I hope I can shed this idea like motherhood being like martyrdom like just knowing, <laughs> that, knowing that like if I get to be the role model if I get to lead by example and invest in myself and others will do the same and we'll all be better but yeah but I think there's two things that really come into play especially for women yeah, and it's like rewriting the story of what we were what we were taught, what we were conditioned. And, you know, going through the midst of COVID, I was just so happily coaching moms on how to take care of themselves because my my parents' generations, they didn't they didn't have the time I had. I'm 31 years old, about to have a baby. My mom had four babies by the time she was 24. So self-care to her was like non-existent. Self-love didn't exist. And so I think to myself, wow, now I, I am in this position where I get to eat the words I've been coaching to these moms to like put themselves first and take care of themselves and invest in themselves. And, you know, I work for so many women that are like, Amber, I've never done anything for me. I feel guilty. I feel like I should give this to my kids. And I'm in the complete opposite position where I've invested thousands of dollars in time, like putting into me and my energy. And now I'm like, wow, now I get to practice what I've been preaching. Totally. I think like when I, when I hear you, it's like self-care is so important. And I think for you um, being a business coach and coaching women, how to take care of themselves while run the successful business and how they go hand in hand, what kind of role do you think self-care plays in running a successful business and what happens if we don't prioritize self-care? Yeah, I like, I like to use the, uh, use like this line whenever I'm talking to somebody who's a solopreneur or running a small business is that the leaders in the business or you are the are your business's biggest asset and and best influencer. So knowing that the way you carry yourself is going to have ripple effects not only with the team you may have, but also uh, when you're starting to share your story online, you want to be able to embody what your brand and your vision's about. So within within that, um, having having a running your own business if you don't take care of yourself you're just going to find that uh, mindset wise scarcity is going to feel heavier competition is going to feel heavier comparison you know in general hitting your upper limit and worrying about oh am I going to be able to follow through on these things for myself like mindset wise it, it runs wreaks havoc but 
if you're forgetting to get movement in your day, if you're forgetting to turn off your computer at night or or having social experiences that have nothing to do with work, it's going to take a toll in the fact that you're not going to have very much creativity. You're going to be hangry without ideas if you forget to eat some days. Like there's the 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 idea that um, you that like um, take like self care is separate from being successful. It's it's absolutely ingrained. So knowing that knowing that if you're your business's biggest asset, how do you want to treat your your business's biggest asset? How did how can she be taken care of first, and then it allows everything else to fall into place much easier. Yeah, I think that's amazing too. Because if you don't already, you'll have to go to the show notes and follow Jamie. But you lead by example in this because you're posting your morning routine and when you get your workout and when you take breaks, and really being able to show show others that like it's possible to have a successful business and take care of yourself. And there's time to do it all. Totally, totally. And even part of that is like showing the bad days. Like I think I think that there. Uh, I I have a. I have a bit of a mission within me is to get is to get rid of um, perfectionism in in social media, like anti perfectionism social media culture. But <laughs> knowing that we all have an ebb and flow, and like for like even legitimately this week on Tuesday, I needed I needed a, to like sleep. I was like it was a, a like a hunger for extra sleep in the middle of the day, and I allowed myself to do that for the fact that I could get I, I had an open day which I gave myself, which was lovely. But I knew that I, I, I cre- I've created this way in my business that even my clients, I encourage them to be able to go, okay, are you not feeling well today? Do not try to push through mentally, physically, whatever that can look like. And I, and I try my best to always share, share that within my own social to be able to like, I'm not always high energy. Don't, uh, let's not try to act that we're always high energy or I'm not. I'm imperfect about like my morning routine. I don't skip meditations. I'm pretty good about that. But sometimes I skip, I don't, I, I skip uh, getting like movement in for, like for a few weeks. And I go like, all right, let's, let's get back in. Like it's, it's, it's okay for it to ebb and flow. But knowing that like, if I'm in the middle of the day going, oh, why am I, why am I not feeling my, my best right now? I can, I have a laundry list. Like I could go for a walk. I could call a friend. I could like journal about these. Like I know what my self care can allow me to come back to being my whole radiant leadership leader version of myself. Mm. You just touched on a few really good self-care practices, but can you share with us like that laundry list, maybe just like five um, self-care practices that you use that don't take up a lot of time that maybe the listeners could implement into their days? Definitely. So I, um, as far as like the morning is concerned, I like to do I'm not one to pop out of bed immediately. So one is to do a morning visualization. So like what, like, like envisioning myself uh, kind of hour by hour, how I'd like my day to go, which usually gets me excited to get out of bed a little bit. From there, it's, I, would, I would definitely say 20 minutes of movement is always fantastic. If you can do a little more, that like 20 to 45 minutes is kind of my sweet spot. Uh, sometimes that's a walk to go get a coffee in my neighborhood and other times that's you know getting on a treadmill or or um, doing some weightlifting meditation is huge for me I think I I've been I've been a meditator for about five years now and I like just knowing that sometimes the chatter is too loud I can I have like a I have headspace sometimes but 
many places I just like lean into meditation on a regular basis. Journaling, I'm a words person, so that's helpful. So having journal prompts is, is a part of that. And I, I just feel like I have to include it because there's many others I could share. But a, a good morning dance party can be can be like ap- ap- effervescent. Effervescent? That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> just knowing that just kind of like getting into your body can be a whole thing, especially in the morning. Mm, yes, those are some really great, great tips and practices. And every day, you know, you can choose between the laundry list. It doesn't have to be so rigid. Masculine is rigidity and femininity is like, what do I really need today to start? Mm-hmm. Totally. totally. I, I think like I, I have like a, no matter what, I at least do one of these things. And sometimes it's three of these things. Or it's like if I have a really luxurious long morning, the routine for myself, it can be all five or, or even more because I get to savor those moments before I jump on into the tech and jump on into the uh, to messaging for my business, all of the above. Yeah, totally. Can you share with us a little bit about how you combine these practices, health, health and wellness into your business coaching. And for me, I see everything as relationship, you know, being a yoga teacher and in relationship with myself in relationship with my business relationship with you, they go hand in hand. So how do you see and how do you coach your clients to like live a holistic lifestyle and like have a successful business? Definitely. So it's, it's about like it's about finding a work-life blend so I I don't know if there's a such thing as a work-life work-life balance but for me it's a work-life blend so it can be as small as as being able to say you can cancel a meeting so that you can be able to eat or do a workout or do those specific things but for but for me it pays it plays a bigger role in the fact that I can give technical specific strategies for marketing but if you energetically cannot execute on them because of other things that are going on in your life the strategies aren't aren't going to work so for me the the biggest part that i see these two things connecting is allowing um my clients to be their their best selves energetically so that can be working through you know confidence around selling and we're being able to feel really nourished around uh, what the leader they are. We're getting over imposter syndrome. Those type of things are like really can affect anything else you're trying to do. Even too, I think there's a big thing when it comes to marketing around consistency. But knowing that if we're feeling like okay, so consistency means I post every day. I have to do this laundry list, and if I don't accomplish my to do list, I think I'm not a good person. Like there's definitely those stories that happen. And my health coach side is knows how to walk someone out of this really negative path and pattern of thinking. And what's what's lovely about it is that whenever we get to like free them, I get to help free them from that story. They end up being able to be more consistent because they show up with more energy. They actually feel their practices in their business are life giving versus energy zapping. Mm, and I love that life giving because our energy can be life giving. We can show up and have energy and want to be there. But there's that other piece of like, are you going out and having fun with your friends or is your business your life? Totally. And, and your business, I mean, your business can in its own way be your life. But like 
your life should have many, many, many places of passion for you. Like your friends should absolutely be your passion. Your like books should absolutely be your passion. But also too, if you're going to be spending 30 hours at your computer, but you hate everything you do, or you just feel like scarcity around what you're doing, you're going to like, it's going to just be like, oh, what's, what's happening with my life? It's not going to be what's happening in my business. But like, what's happening in my life if I just feel like the only way for me to be successful is for me to turn off the pleasure side and to turn only on this like very you know I, I want to say like work drone that's like do 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 instead of what do I want to be in this purposeful business I've created for myself yeah what do I want to be I love that I, I love that what do I want to be and how do I want to feel like in the morning when I wake up I think those are two two big takeaways I have for those that are listening to this, how can we connect and find you? Um, I know you have some exciting things coming up you can share with us and I'll put everything in the show notes, but for those that want to continue to stay connected, can you drop some things here? Definitely. I would love to. So yeah, one, of course, we've talked about it a few times and I've, I love having Amber in a recent content planning sprint. would love to invite any of your guests to try it out so that they get to play with their own content strategy and come on in. I'm also, and this is something I, like, I, I'm really pretty pumped about. I'm launching my own podcast. I'm coming out with the Limitless Podcast, which is me talking about how we can reduce the limits on ourselves and our business growth. Um, I literally just like to myself, the limitless woman, the limitless possibilities, and uh, the limitless wealth, all of the above. And that's exactly what that podcast will be. It's coming out at the beginning of March. So really excited. Um, but even too, I... I'm just, th this year is about expansion for me. So I have, I have a number of offers that I, I put out there between group programs and my most, my, my next one will be a mastermind of which I'm calling the Thrive Mastermind, specifically around healing the whole person and building this big business that we know can run itself. So that's, that's just a few of the ways in which you can connect with me. But as far as social is concerned, all the socials. I'm at Jamie Ratterman, one T, two N's, and you can and you'll find me on LinkedIn, Pinterest, Twitter, all of the above. But the gram is where, of course, I spend the most time as of right now. <laughs> and I'll drop those in the show notes. And just a little specialty about Jamie is she teaches you how to show up on every single platform because she believes in like being able to like spread your message on different platforms at different times, but in an effective way. So if you're someone that's like wanting to get onto uh, different platforms, but you're like, I don't have all the time in your uh, time in the world to like repurpose, she's your gal. Absolutely. I think the, the biggest takeaway is to know that Instagram is the something that takes a lot of time. All of the other platforms take a fraction of it. So knowing that we, it's, um, you, you can do that and you may find your best clients on the other platforms for sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here, Jamie. And for those of you listening, knowing that the most important, valuable, longest, intimate relationship that you are ever going to have is the one that you have with yourself. So nourish it and we'll see you on the next episode. Amazing. Thanks, Amber. And I want to thank you. I really appreciate you tuning in and listening to this podcast. It's an honor to know that people are listening and gaining value while generating their own insights. For more actionable tools and practices, head over to my Facebook group, 
www.facebook.com groups slash yoga for inner peace to learn more practices that you can put into your toolbox to reduce stress, build confidence, and create a community of other women who are like you, wanting to better their lives, to better their communities. Thank you again for being here. And if you're on social, post a photo of you listening to this and tag me, Amber Hackberg, so we can hang out online and continue growing this relationship first from the inside and then from the outside. I'll see you on the next episode.